The Detroit Tigers take two on the 4th of July, all today on Locked On Tigers. You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Benley. Today is Tuesday, July 5th, 2022. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Blue Nile. Make your moment sparkle with the jewelry from BlueNile.com and Locked On Tigers listeners are getting $50 off of purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement. Use code LOCKEDON at checkout. Okay. Tigers take two, baby. That, that's, a, that's a good day at the office. Can't get much better than, uh, than going 2-0 and in, in one day. This team, man, unbelievable. Hey, let's go drop two of three. And probably should have been three of three. Probably sh- were, were, you know, a mere couple of outs away from getting swept by Kansas City, who's one of the worst teams in baseball. Let's turn around and, and just punch the, the second best team in our division um, and a team that's over 500 right in the mouth, take two in one day, and both of our starters are dudes that started off the season in double A or lower. Let's just do that. That's fun. And that makes total sense. Golly. <laughs> just like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Seriously. And and like it was a fun day. And, and uh, I hope everyone had a fantastic 4th of July. And I'm actually recording this the night of the 4th still, obviously. And uh, there's a lot of fireworks like right out this window. So if uh, you hear... Some of that gets picked up. Not much I can do about it. I'm sorry. Um, but, yeah, the Tigers take two. Not bad. Not bad, kid. Not bad. Um, some pretty interesting performances by, by – well, we're going to have to talk about the pitching. That's really the biggest thing. Uh, both games, starting pitching-wise, right, we had um, Garrett Hill make his major league debut uh, and looked absolutely fantastic. We will get into all of that. And then Alex Fajardo, who started, looked good for a couple of innings, then imploded in the fourth, and then didn't even make it out of the fourth uh, due to an injury that they are calling right hip soreness. So there is your uh, Alex Fajardo update. That's all I know at the time of recording, uh, which is a little bit before midnight on the uh, on the fourth going into the fifth. Um, that That's the only update we have at the present moment for Fajardo. Uh, he, he is returned to Toledo, so if he gets hurt or goes on an injured list of some sort, uh, it would be in the AAA IL, uh, and he is the intention is that he will come back and then start in the other doubleheader we have in, what, a week from today, week from tomorrow, week from yesterday as you're listening to this, one of those-ish days. Um, so... Uh, that'll be something to keep an eye out for. If it's a long-term, like actual serious injury, then like we're going to have an issue because we literally are out of starting pitchers. Drew Hutchinson is is back again. 
right? Like he's he's literally he's literally back. He just keeps getting DFA'd and then released and then put on waivers and then just returns. And that's like his thing. And, and it, it has to happen because uh, everybody is hurt in the starting rotation and everybody that could possibly get called up really has been. I mean, we don't really have that many other options. So kind of has to just, we just have to keep riding the, the, the Drew Hutchinson train. So he will start today as you're listening to this. He will start on Tuesday to make room for him. Will Vest has been sent down. Uh, will Vest the last two weeks, three weeks has, has struggled a lot more. Um, his ERA is really high and, and somebody on, on, I forget who, uh, so that that's my fault. But uh, somebody on on Twitter pointed out that you know the reason his ERA was so high over the last like two two and a half weeks was really just because of one outing where he gave up like five runs, which is totally fair uh, when it comes to his ERA. However, he is walking uh, like almost a person an inning right now over that same stretch. So even if you just completely null the the, the ERA and just throw that completely to the side. Uh, he, he's walking a ton of batters and he's not striking out enough to really compensate for it. He has more walks than K's since June 13th, I believe. So, um, not, not a great stretch. This has really lost his command lately. We've talked about it on here. His last few outings, we've talked openly about the fact that his command has really faded. So he'll go back down. Uh, we have to remember that anything we get out of this dude is kind of just like icing. Like it's, uh, he, he was a rule five pick from, he was in our organization and Seattle picked him in the rule five last year. And he had like a six and a half ERA halfway through the season. And they sent him back to us for nothing. They were like, yeah, like this, you know, was a failed rule five pick. And when you cut somebody that was a rule five pick, they go back to their original team. So then he just came back and then just made the team out of camp because he looked really good and, and shoved the first half of the season. So props to him for making a season out of it. I mean, he still has a sub four ERA on the year. Like big ups, and, and I hope he comes back and everything. But anything we really get out of him is, is unexpected. So, uh, testament to a good bullpen that a guy with a sub four is, is getting sent down, but also uh, has definitely struggled over the last two weeks as well. So, kind of both in, in, in play there. Um, I guess I'm doing all the roster move stuff at the beginning. I was planning on saving that at the end, but here we are. Um, Alex Fiedo, we already talked about right hip soreness. Um, Garrett Hill. Uh, has not been sent back yet. So that'll be interesting to keep an eye on for. Obviously, we all knew Fieda was going to because he was the 27th man and it's only 26-man rosters. But it'll be interesting to see what happens with Garrett Hill because he is technically still on the team as of right now. Um, and uh, so, I mean, when Drew Hutchinson like officially makes the – major league roster maybe then it'll just be garrett hill be an, an, an anti-climactic thing um but we'll uh we'll see i mean they optioned will vest so to, to make room for drew so i guess you have that but it's just long term it'll be interesting to see what happens with garrett hill if if that's someone that they send back down or or whether he stays because he did look so good um i think that's all of the roster move stuff will vest for Drew Hutchinson. I think I misspoke like 30 seconds ago and said it might be Garrett Hill. Will Vest is is optioned and Drew Hutchinson will take his place. Um we also have to look at uh 40-man roster stuff. There, there's a couple of dudes in the 40-man that like aren't big name prospects, they're just kind of depth pieces um down there in in AAA. 
So I don't think it's going to be a climatic thing when they have to find a spot to add Drew Hutchinson back to the 40. I think uh, it's just going to be one of those guys. Or even with the move with moving Matt Manning to the 60, that opens up a 40 man spot. Like th- that won't be like a big deal. Whatever they do with it uh, to make room for him won't be uh, a big thing. Um, that that'll be a pretty small news um, piece. I think that's it. So there you go. I like I said, I intended on waiting, saving that till the end of the show and doing the final segment on that. But here we are. So there's all your roster moves. Um, Tigers take two. We'll start with the offense in these two games. Uh, Tigers scored what five and four in the two games, right? I think that's right. Yeah, four to one and five to three. Um, I, I thought the offense played pretty well. I mean, the first game. I guess we can do game by game. I guess that works. The first game they took four to one. Uh, they had 10 hits, four runs, and uh, only one extra base hit, which, as we all know, drives me absolutely up a wall. Um, had one, two, three walks on top of that. So 13 base runners and four runs. It, that I mean, that's not terrible. Um like I said, only one extra base hit. The only extra base hit being the Tucker Barnhart uh, double. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, I, it's just the same old story. Like, the pitching was good enough in this one uh, to to get us over the hump and, and to keep our head above the water so that, that we can hold on to the victory here. But uh, this is, like, pretty same old, same old stuff. I mean, the biggest thing in this one was – a, taking advantage of some pretty poor catching by the Guardians. A lot of wild pitches and stuff. To, not, maybe not technically wild pitches, but uh, pitches that were very hard to get in front of behind the dish for catchers as well. A lot of pretty aggressive base running that led to runners in scoring position that then led to only singles being needed to drive in those runners. And, and Miguel Cabrera, even in his old age and even in – the age in which he has zero power to speak of whatsoever, and it's pretty much only singles. Um, he is still a, 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 as clutch as it gets. And anytime there's a runner in scoring position, he's driving him home. And it might be a, a single up the middle. It might be a, a single that, that barely squeaks through the right side, but uh, it, it's going to happen, and he's still the man. So uh, that that's really all, all that today came down to. I, you know, 13 base runners, four runs, and, and two of those four runs – were in very early in the first inning of the game, right on on that Miguel Cabrera single um, with runners on second and third after some some aggressive base running there got got the runner over to second. So uh, we'll take it, but need need to start hitting the ball further. And in the second game, we saw a little bit more power. So we'll talk about that, and then we'll talk about some individual performances as well. First, though, I got to talk to you all about our friends over at Blue Nile. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as the setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring. Each ring is truly one of a kind. If you're looking for fine jewelry but having trouble choosing, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. Make your moment sparkle with the jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Tigers listeners are getting $50 off of purchases, $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement. So use code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON. Plus, every order is insured. It ships free and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away 
what's inside so you can shop stress-free and find your forever peace at BlueNile.com today. All right, everybody, we are back here for our second segment of Lockdown Tigers. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Free and available wherever you get your podcast. Um, let's finish, wrap up the offensive side of things first. Uh, the big story offensively in the whole day was Jonathan Scope was prime Barry Bonds. Uh, he, that's one of the biggest heaters I've ever seen anyone go on in, in a doubleheader. Like that, like ever, like that I've seriously ever seen. Uh, at, at one point, he was six for six with a walk. He, he had reached in his first seven plate appearances of the day. He had reached base in all seven. Um, and they weren't all cheapies either. I mean, there was a couple like soft hit singles kind of that fell into the outfield, but he was ripping the ball, even the ball that he grounded out on when they finally did record an out in like the whatever fifth inning, sixth inning of of game two, the first time they finally got him out, it was like 104 mile an hour ground out. Like he, he was, geez, that was loud. He was seeing the ball incredibly well in game one. He goes four for four with two runs scored. Uh, like I said, in, in game one, there was only one extra base hit in, in our 13 base runners. So uh, he was four for four with four singles. However, we will take what we can get from Scopia at this point. He's had a really, really rough start to the year. Went on a little like two week heater back in May, and besides that, has been dreadful pretty much from opening day to now. Um, so really good to see him just entire day ha- have a nice day. It's sad because he's literally the best defender in baseball right now. Statistically, I know you know oh like I you analytics whatever like I if you watch so and so they're better whatever that's fine. I'm just saying. The numbers say that he is straight up the best defender in baseball of like pretty much any position. His outs above averaged are are insanely high at the moment. His DRS is really solid. Um, he if, if the season ended today, he would probably unanimously win Gold Glove at second base. Um, and I'm pretty sure he's leading all Tigers hitters in F WAR in FanGraphs version of WAR. Uh, which is remarkable considering he has like us. Geez, that's really loud. So considering he has like a sub while well, coming into the day, had a sub 550 OPS, but was still leading the team in war because of how insane he's been defensively. So like, it's just been really frustrating because if he could just be, just give us any offense, he would be the most valuable player on the team and would be an, an unbelievable piece to this lineup, but him, like so many other people, as we all know, in this lineup ha- has really struggled out of the gate. So it was good to see him get a couple of knocks. Um, who else? Cody Clemens had a hit in game one. That was nice. Tucker Barnhart, I mean, him just getting a hit. He had a walk in that game in game one as well. Just that in general is nice to see. Uh, and then Eric Haas in game two obviously hits the big home run. Uh, looked, looked really good at the plate, I thought, really, honestly, all game. He is finally coming around, and that's so awesome. And I said this last week, but I'll say it again. Uh, there was one point in June where I came on the show and, and talked about how I'm not really sure how many days Eric Haas had left at the major league level because he was struggling so much at both sides of the ball. Um, so it's really, really good to see. He has certainly erased any doubt of that, and, and he's on an absolute heater, been crushing the ball for the last two or three weeks, uh, and hopefully will continue to do so because our other catcher, is like literally one of the worst 
qualified. Well, he's not technically qualified, but is is uh, has one of the lowest OPSs amongst players in the entire sport. So we're we're gonna need some offense from somewhere. I'm glad that Eric Haas can provide it at the catcher position. Um, and, and it wouldn't surprise me if they found him found a way to get him into the lineup more and more. Uh, whether it's DHing on Miggy's days off, or maybe even I don't know if we really have spot for him in corner outfield anymore now that Green's up, like we did earlier in the year. But um, you know, pinch hitting in games late, etc. I think that uh, Hasi will probably see some more at bats because he's been crushing the ball. Uh, Jamer, 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 Jamer. There's an interesting discussion to be had with Jamer Candelario, and I'm not sure we're going to have it today. Actually, I know we're not going to have it today, um, but. He goes over again, and here's the thing, man. Uh, I think there is a legit conversation about his future on the team at this point. I know that sounds really dramatic, um, but I mean he is is laboring at the plate. It's it's really really he's struggling mightily. So uh, hopefully he can turn it around. I mean, this is a dude that literally what led led the American League, tied for led the American League in doubles last year. Like he he was he was from like two weeks into 2020 all the way through game 162 of 2021, he was an animal and he was fantastic at the plate and turned a corner and and, and was great. And this year he he has been really brutal. So uh, hopefully he can turn it around just like, you know, we talked about with Hossie and stuff. Maybe if I just talk like smack about players on here, they just like figure it out and turn it around. Maybe that's a thing. Um, I don't know. I'm hoping, but I mean, there's a serious conversation about what to do with him in the off season that, that we will have, uh, on an off day or maybe around the trade deadline or something. Um, cause he, he's really struggled at the plate. Javi one hit pretty clutch hit, got an RBI there in game one. Um, I don't, I don't still the slider low and away stuff, whatever. Riley green, Riley green continues to be great. Uh, drove in a couple of runs, had a couple of hits. Uh, just doesn't look too. The moment never seems too big for him. He always, you always have confidence in him. Like I, I maybe have the most confidence in him in this entire lineup. And he's played less than 20 games as a major league player. And I, I think I I want him to bat leadoff every game. A, he has the speed too, right? But B, I if you're leading off, you are getting more at-bats than anyone in the lineup. I want the person that I have the most confidence in. I want the player that I think gives the best at-bats. I want my best hitter to be batting one or two because those dudes get more at-bats than everyone else on the team. I want the bat in in my best hitter's hands more than any other player. Riley Green is is currently the the player that I have the most confidence in in the batter's box. So yeah, bat him leadoff. I, I want him to have more at bats than every other person on this roster. That's the reality of the situation. So uh, in game two, only had two extra base hits. One of them was a big home run that broke it open, and then Scopey had a double in game two as well. Uh, Scopey goes two for four in uh in that one so still only two extra base hits like it's still the same old same old and again you were able to to have good enough pitching to keep your head above water in these two and and that's great um but we can't act like everything was fixed right like the problems are all still there the problems persisted 
It's just we were able to overcome them. Uh, not necessarily that they didn't lose us the games today. That's really all it came down to. The lack of power and, and, and the offensive issues that we've had all season were still very much in play. They just didn't cost us today. That's all. And then like that, that might sound super pessimistic, but that's, that's the reality of the situation. So shout out to the pitching. We'll talk about Garrett Hill in the final segment, land on a positive note. Um, but I, I'm not going to expect to win too many double headers in which we have three total extra base hits across both double headers, but we'll take it. We'll gladly take it. It was a great, great day of baseball. We'll gladly take it. So we'll talk about the pitching in the two games, after I tell you all about our friends over at rockauto.com, with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders parts on their computer, choosing only the parts their warehouse happens to carry? It just does not make sense. You have computers. You have your smartphone. You have access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more from the chain store or car dealership? It just doesn't make sense. Rock Auto is a family business. They've been su- serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even a new carpet. So go explore their easy-to-use website today. Find the solution for your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, everybody. We are back here for our third and final segment at Locked On Tigers. Uh, let's get to the pitching side of things. We talked about the offense. Um, oh, Torkelson, I guess. Um, he only played in game two, had a had a nice hit up the middle. It was caught the heart of the plate, and he hit the ball and got on base. That in itself is, is an accomplishment. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. The, the the swing and miss stuff seems to be, like, not as bad over the last three or four days, but, like, I also – Still don't really have any confidence, and I'm not sure he has a ton of confidence in the box right now. We'll we'll see. We'll see. But uh, over the last, like, three or four days, it's kind of looked like his timing is at least starting to – and, like, I said that in May, too, when he went on, like, a week st- stretch where he was hitting decently. So, like, I, I don't just want to keep saying that every – at the slight sign of life from, from Torque. But, um, I, like, over the weekend, I, I guess – if I had to say, if I had to say anything about him over the last like four games, it would be that I think he's looked at least a little better in that stretch. So we'll see if it amounts to anything. Okay, pitching side of things, we'll start with Fiedo because that's a lot quicker. Three and two thirds, four hits, three runs, four walks, and three Ks. Um, look, if if the injury thing is what was legitimate and and he had that hip soreness or whatever. And that affected his ability to replicate his mechanics and, and, and to throw the ball. Like, obviously, that, that'll do it. Because um, in the first couple of innings, he was pretty solid. Like, in the first three innings, I was pretty impressed. I, I guess I would say impressed. Like, you know, he, he wasn't 
he wasn't blowing anybody away, but but he looked solid in the first three innings at least. Had three innings of shutout ball. I mean, you can't ask for too much better than that. Um, and then the fourth inning was just a complete implosion. And uh, he, it wasn't even like he was getting rocked, like the ball was getting hit super hard. Uh, he gave up one rope, but uh, I mean, besides that, it, it was mostly just no ability to throw strikes. Lost complete feel of the changeup. Lost complete feel of the slider there. Uh, before he got pulled, a couple of batters before he got pulled, and then even the fastball he was pulling, the, the release point was all off on the four seam. And and again, maybe that was the injury, but uh, it led to a pretty disappointing outing. So uh, we'll we'll keep an eye on him. We'll keep an injury update on him, uh, and he will be back in Toledo for the time being, at least until the next doubleheader next week, I believe. So uh, not, I mean, not too much to report on just an injury that. Uh, reported injury that that led to him struggling mightily throwing strikes his velocity was also down a ton um, so, uh, especially on the fastball like a, a whole mile an hour on an average pitch velocity with it so um, hopefully he's okay that's really all there is I mean a, a rookie coming off Tommy John I know it's his hip it's not his arm so that's good at least um, but a- anytime you get a you get a rookie that's already coming off Tommy John you, you want to play that extra careful so we'll see what happens, and, and we'll keep you updated with that. Um, the other one, though, Garrett Hill. Or do we say – I keep saying his name, and then I go, oh, maybe we should go to somebody else. I'm sorry. That's the ADHD within me. Um, I think I want to do bullpen first. I'm really, really sorry. I don't mean to keep, you know, pump faking it like that. Tyler Alexander I thought was sensational. He looked really, really solid in the second game, and that is the role in which he can thrive. Uh, look, he doesn't have crazy – uh, swing and miss stuff. He doesn't have crazy miss bat stuff, but he has very solid miss barrel stuff and he can induce soft contact till the cows come home. And it's, it's, it's valuable. It's valuable to have a dude that you can go to when your starter gets hurt or gets rocked, or you just need to put, you know, gum on the leak. Like you, you need a, a guy that you can just throw out there and it's, it's really, really, nice to have him in the bullpen and that's was my thing all offseason people kind of painted me as this like tyler alexander hater but it's absolutely not true i i love the dude um i just i think he's much better in this role than he is on every fifth day starting pitcher which is what some people thought he was in the offseason so now that we're here and you're seeing some results this was a very very good outing and he's been pretty solid since he came back from injury uh his cutter specifically Really, really good pitch in this one. Really effective. Alex Lang. Nasty Alex, baby. He's back. Uh, one inning, struck out the side. Perfect inning. Um, he, he got a little – command got a little away from him in the J-Ram at bat and ended up getting the strikeout anyway. And then besides that, it was just complete lockdown. 14 pitches, 10 strikes. ERA back down to 208. He's so good. He's he's so good. Like, it's, it's unbelievable how good Alex Lang is, actually. Um, <laughs> with percentage of 71% in an inning, not bad, you know? Uh, and then Joe Jimenez, I loved this decision. I loved it. I know Alex Lang, you know, I, I sing his praises all the time and I, and I love the dude, but, um, Joe Jimenez absolutely deserved to get the ninth inning in this one. He is the, the, if, if you weren't going to go to Greg twice in a day, which you never were going to. Joe was my pick. He was number two, ahead of Fulmer, ahead of Lang. 
I, I would have, I really wanted to see Joe Jimenez get the ninth inning in a game in a safe situation. And he was fantastic. And this just continues this storyline of, you know, outside of, I think two outings all year, Joe Jimenez has been complete nails at the back end of this bullpen. Um, and it's, it's been really, really impressive to watch. And it's really, really nice to see because, the last time the people had really high expectations of Joe Jimenez was like three years ago. So it's nice to see him come around and take steps forward and, and be effective again because it's it's been really fun to watch. And that that fastball slider pitch mix he has uh, is pretty lethal when when uh, when what when he executes it well, then. In game one, out of the pen, Andrew Chafin looked solid. Uh, Michael Fulmer looked really solid. That cutter slider thing, man, it's it's nasty. It's so filthy. Uh, and then Gregory Soto. I mean, I, I I personally, and this this is not me, like just trying to stick up for my dude here. Like I, I was never freaking out about this. Like I know he walked two people and uh, whatever. Like the tying run was at the plate, but I at no point was I ever like, oh my, like. He might blow this one. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe that's naive of me. Um, but at the end of the day, even though he does walk a lot of batters, and even though he is crazy with command and and he has his moments where he gives you a little bit of a, a you know, palpitation, um, at the end of the day, his his save percentage and, and the rate in which he executes and finishes games with the lead intact is actually still very high. And, and uh He's only blown a couple of saves all year. So and they've been catastrophic and beautiful, but, you know, it's it's only a few. So um, solid, at least. And, and you know, the problems that he has still persist. And everything I said in the last one is still very true. Last time we broke down Soto, all still very true. My opinion has not changed on any of that. But um, good to see him at least close the door. Okay, now let's get to Garrett Hill, and then we'll end the show. Garrett Hill was absolutely phenomenal. He was spectacular. And this is just continues this, uh, I don't even want to say narrative because narrative almost has like a negative connotation, but just this um, this thing that's happened this year where like this next man up mentality that the team has been forced to kind of utilize within the starting rotation uh, and how effective people just continue to be. And I, I think part of that, a large part of that is Chris Fetter. But I also think, I mean, obviously the majority of the credit goes to the players. And, and I think Chris Fetter does deserve credit. But but I also think just on top of that, the, the system is getting insurmountably better at developing pitchers. And I don't think that it's some, you know, like the Guardians, the, you know, team we just played is, is a factory, is, is, a, is a pitching factory. And the Dodgers are are excellent, and the Rays are excellent. So, like, I'm not saying we're in the upper echelon of like the best in baseball, but it's certainly a whole heck of a lot better than it was three, four, five years ago, like insurmountably. So, I, I think that the the system in place in the minors deserves a lot of credit as well. But uh, Garrett Hill goes six innings, two hits, one run, one walk, and three strikeouts, 78 pitches. 52 of them were strikes. That is a 1-5 ERA in his major league career so far. Only five whiffs, not a very high number at all. No, not, you know, not, not going to sugarcoat that. It's not, not necessarily bad. You can have good performances without getting a lot of whiffs, and that's exactly what happened. CSW percentage called strikes plus whiffs was 26%. 
Uh, that's a little low, but it's, you know, over one of every four pitch. So four pitches uh, was either a called strike or a swing and miss strike. So it's not, not an unbelievably low number, but you'd like it to be a little higher ideally. But really the biggest thing for this one was, I mean, I mean we talk about it all the time, right? The, the four types of pitches that, that, uh, that, that I, I identify, right? You have, you have swing and miss stuff. You have swing and miss and make you look stupid stuff. You have, uh, you have barrel missing stuff and you have stuff that doesn't miss anything. It gets crushed and gets barreled up. He was excellent at missing barrels in this one. The average exit velocity was 87 miles an hour. That's not, uh, uh, unbelievably, you know, like hall of fame, put it in Cooperstown number, but anything sub 90 is usually a pretty decent day at the office. And it is was sub 88. So, uh, solid there. And, and there were, you know, three or four balls that were hit over a hundred miles an hour for sure. You know, it wasn't a, a master class. It wasn't, he did get barreled, but, uh, it, it was just a really good display of pitch mix and missing barrels. And, I love the pitch mix more than anything in the planet. I was so unbelievably impressed with it. He threw 78 pitches, right? He had five different pitches that that they that baseball savant says that he threw, right? Five different pitches. Those five pitches, all of them were thrown nine or more times. Listen to this. Sinker 24 times. That's less than 33%, so less than one-third of the time. Four-seam fastball, 21 times. Change-up, 14. Cutter, 10. Curveball, 9. That's uh, 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 That makes me drool. That that makes me want to do a, a dance. Like, that. that's phenomenal. Uh, it, 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 he, he was so good. And I personally was so thrilled that they let Barnhart catch for him. I think Tucker Barnhart is, is a leader behind the dish there and – given all of his struggles offensively, which he absolutely has. And, and he will admit is very true. You know, he, he burned his bat a couple of weeks ago. Um, that, that doesn't take away from the fact that, that he is a, a really good game caller. And I agree with most of his game calling, I'd say about 70 to 80% of the time. I agree with the, the games that he calls. So uh, this one was a masterclass by Kitch- Kitcher. By pitcher and catcher. There you go. When you mix those together, you get a catcher. Um, and and it was a masterclass by both of them. So really well called game, really good pitch mix, really well executed. He, his fastball command was really really solid. He was dotting pitches on the black. Uh, he hung a couple. Right. Uh, we talked about the changeup before his start and how effective of a pitch it was. On the broadcast, they called it um, a splitter which I thought was fascinating um, because that that's not something that I had really, I mean, it, it can get into the mid eighties for sure. Um, but it, that's not something that I was uh, expecting was them to, to call. They kind of separated them at, at times too. It was kind of weird. Um, and not necessarily that it's like hundred percent wrong and, and whatever, but I, I just thought it was interesting. Um, so yeah. He left one of those up right to Josh Naylor, who took it, you know, 900 feet to right field and stuff. So it wasn't a, a perfect outing by any stretch, but um, I'm not sure how you could ask for too much more. He was absolutely phenomenal. Um, and for a guy who has been so heavily reliant on his strikeouts in the minors 
to come up and not have the swing and miss like major league stuff right away that can get you a net you a ton of K's at the major league level and still just keep pounding the strike zone, challenge hitters, um, and and effectively miss barrels. Unbelievably impressive for real. Unbelievably impressive. So Garrett Hill deserves all the credit in the world. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do with him roster-wise going forward, as we still do have a plethora of starting pitching injuries. Um, we'll see. It'll be interesting. But I, I think Garrett Hill's probably deserved to be an option, at least at this point. Uh, so so good on him. Really good on him. Like I said, I, I was really, really impressed. Um, the, the I mean, the spin on everything was great. The curveball spin was actually like even better than I anticipated. That curveball was nasty, eh? That thing was nice. I, I don't watching him in dive. I don't think I've watched him a single time in triple A yet this year, but I, I've wa- I watched a couple of his starts in double A and I was never like, like, whoa, what a curveball until now, like until today at really 2800 RPM curveball. Like, okay. I mean, Garrett Hill's like that. He's like that. So um, really, really nice to see really good performance. Um, and uh draft in the same draft as as Mize and Scooble. So just like way later than even Scooble was. Good on him, man. Good on him. Really, really happy for the kid. Really, really uh excited. I mean, honestly, like I said, with how good he was in the minors and stuff, he'll probably be an option going forward that they'll reach back to. So um congrats to Garrett Hill. Big ups. And uh, thanks for the, uh, the the more than a quality start and uh, getting, a, getting a win in his first game on the bump. We'll see what happens from here. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every single day. Now make your second listen, Lockdown MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia. He's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Over time again today. I need to get better at that. Um, but... Uh, two games to cover, so I'm going to chalk it up to that. Um, and some roster moves. Just a lot to go over today. Yeah. Drew Hutchinson on the bump today as you're listening to this on Tuesday. This is going up after midnight on Tuesday as well. Sorry I got home late. I I also, after both games, then watched a minor league game in, in person and went to that and, and did some stuff um, for that. So, I, I'm three three baseball games that uh, that these eyes saw on 4th of July. No, no better way to spend uh, spend the fourth than just absorbing all of America's pastime all day from pretty much when I woke up to when I went to bed. <laughs> all right. I'll let you guys roll. Get out of here. Um, I think that's all I got. Peace and love. Going to therapy is dope. And I will catch you all tomorrow. Hopefully uh, recapping another win over Cleveland. Go Tigers, baby.